you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Got a CEO hat trick this hour. AMD, T-Mobile, and Peloton all on their quarterly results. Meantime, futures are cautious ahead of this Fed decision this afternoon. ADP does come in light at 106,000, less than half the prior month. And Eurozone inflation did fall for the third consecutive month. Our roadmap this morning begins with decision day for the Fed. Will we see the smallest rate hike since March of last year? Also ahead, AMD is getting a lift this after beating analyst expectations with its quarterly results. CEO Lisa Su is going to join us just a few moments from now. A different story for Snap amidst a digital ad slowdown. The shares, they're going to be down sharply this after the company warned it expects significant headwinds to persist throughout the current quarter. Let's begin with the Fed as investors look ahead to that decision this afternoon. Jim, we got ADP under our belt, ECI yesterday. What do you think this means to them? I think that they like the direction. I think they know that if uh, first you have to have hiring cool, then you have to have not wage slowing, but actual wage reduction. And then you have pressure on everyone who's raised prices, like we saw yesterday with Whole Foods story that was uh, in, in Dow Jones in the Wall Street Journal. And then, David, once you begin to get that, then you get momentum against inflation. So we're at the point of inflection, not the point of win, but a point of inflection where the Fed can say, OK, listen, now we have to be a little bit slower. The runway's coming. We don't want to screw it up. We don't want to even have to foam the runway. Quarter point, and then quarter point, and then wait and see. Mm -hmm. All of which the market seems to have expected and is reflected in what was, what, that 10% jump in the comp, right. NASDAQ comp over the last month? Right, but I, I also think there are people, including people who are buying the highest beta, I know some people think high beta is right, highest beta stocks who genuinely believe that the Fed is going to start cutting by year end, and that's uh, the gun that sees around the corner, and I've never seen that. I've never seen the gun that shoots around the corner, but people are trying. Those to. who have a less constructive view on the equity markets, though, believe differently, and they see us going to perhaps as high as five percent or more on the term on the terminal rate and staying there for yes, some period of time, okay. which they say will not bring earnings nirvana uh, well, nor significant growth. Well, I I think that the main thing that they're missing is the long term rates haven't even gone up. So I mean, you'll you have. Pulte Homes reporting its best quarter. You know, Lenar is going to report a great quarter. And Carl, what I think that the bears are missing is that the dollar peaked in, in the fall and interest rates peaked in the fall. And that's, that makes it so there's a huge number of stocks that go up. But now a lot of the, um, the Flotsam and Jetsam went up in the month of January. And that's worrisome to me. Those have to, I mean, the companies that don't have any earnings and that are laying off people furiously. Uh, a lot of the tech companies, I don't want to own them. And then a lot of the junk. I mean, we had Kathy Wood on today. and She's a respected analyst, a respected stock picker. But I don't respect anything that she's picked in the last year <laughs> because her perspective is, is that we, we are in a deflationary environment. Now, that's just like looking at a painting upside down. 
Now, it could be a Rothko. You can't tell. Right? I mean, it's probably worth more upside down than going, oh, damn, you know, Rothko. I mean, like, hey. Who knows? But if you put the Rembrandt upside down, it's pretty realistic. People uh, know Ka- it's upside down. Kathy, interesting uh, on, on Squawk this morning, uh, doubling down on the long-term target for, say, some crypto yeah. uh, currencies. That was funny. Uh, I was, was funny. I mean, I said, yep. hoo-ha. Yep. I laughed. In the same way that, like, I laugh at Project Bernanke and Project Perot that, that, that Google dreamed up in order to be able to <laughs> confuse the customers. I mean, I like these. They're, like, confusing. You know, I'll, I'll see you 500000 and I'll raise you 500000 But, like, it's, see, it's real money. It's not paper money. And you have people listening. And they do actions that are reckless uh, because they don't understand that, you know, you don't. Like, I, you know, when I was in Sea Galilee and I walked on water, it was a pretty good time. I'm trying to find something that, that, that could be as outlandish, but somebody has accomplished. Um, I, a viewer note here, uh, Jim continues to refer to uh, Poirot and uh, Bernanke. Well, those and I want two. to explain what they are. Um, oh, they are two of the efforts that the DOJ said Alphabet made to basically control both the ad exchange and the ad market. Right. The publisher side and both sides is part of the complaint that the DOJ has filed against Alphabet, a story that we'll continue to follow that you're deep in on that. I finally started to read the complaint. Um, but that's what Jim, that's what Jim is referring to each time he says Project Bernanke. And well, Project Perot. Bernanke, we've heard about before. Project Perot, a little bit. I forgot was Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie character. And we are going to spend time on it, like maybe the entire winter. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you know, all right, since we diverted there for a moment, it, yeah, and I'm we, sorry, uh, do you think uh, these things don't seem to ever have a real impact on a stock over a short term? This will be different. And, and it'll be different because Jonathan Canner, who's a real lawyer who worked at Paul Weiss, which is my firm and for 35 years, has a solution, basically, which is that you have to choose. Now, this is my extrapolation. You have to choose. Google can be on the buy side or the sell side, but they can't be both. Google can't be Goldman Sachs and own the New York Stock Exchange. It's got to divest one. And what, what's going to happen, the difference between now and then, is that Google keeps insisting. I know we're off track on this. I'm sorry. Okay. Google keeps insisting. They already looked at this once, and it was fine. That's not the case at all. What they're saying is since they approved these acquisitions, Google has consolidated and taken just a gigantic part of the market. It's not like what it was 10 years ago. And David, you studied uh, Exxon and you studied Rockefeller. When Rockefeller, when they started, when Rockefeller decided he wanted 100% of the oil market, he started at 30%. All true. By the um, time he got to 100%, well, I mean, that's kind of like Google. I mean, it's, you and it, blessed it at 30 Carl, I will say in reading it, it's, there's a fair level of complexity in the ad market. Uh, one would not have thought that that should be that, but with the header stuff and all, I mean, just I trying to it. understand it takes a while. Well, I didn't want to divert too much, but no, now at least no, our but, viewers but know when it, you keep referring to Bernanke and Poirot, what you're well, talking about. It's funny. Speaking of the ad market, though, it may be worth talking about Snap. I was going to say, morning. I knew uh, you were going there. CPM's, That's why I... CPM's down nine. Uh, they do guide below on Q1 DAUs. Uh, UBS cuts to neutral today, Jim. $10 target. Yeah. Well, there was a terrible conference call, terrible execution, terrible business model, terrible numbers. <laughs> Bye. That's why the analysts read, you know, because they're like not going to pull it here. But let's say here's what people want: the read through. When it happened, when they did their miserable, horrible, oh, you know, really bad quarter last time, uh, Meta didn't do much uh, in sympathy, but it was down one percent. But then it fell twenty four percent when it reported the next week. 
obviously they're reporting now. Uh, Alphabet was up October 21st, 1%, but then fell 9.1% the next week. So you should have listened to Snap in those last few times. Now, Snap is uh, so ill-fated and uh, ill-advised in the way that they're choosing to say that it's just direct response, everything will come back fine, that you do feel, David, some sort of degree of uh, that they're going to stay in business. There's just I'm taking that off the table. You are okay. I'm taking viability off the table because they have a lot. They actually make you know there's some money. Uh, I'm taking Pe- Peloton by the way later on. Peloton, who by the way you're gonna you're gonna talk to Barry, Barry McCarthy, McCarthy later. Later uh, says he's done with headcount reductions. Well, nine thousand to four thousand. Now people who know Barry McCarthy from when he was at Netflix and when he's at Spotify, he never says something unless he means it. He never says look. We're done. It's going to be good. The subscription revenue is much better. The gross margin is much better. If you divide, if you take out one one-time thing versus suppliers, the pre-cash flow is there. Barry McCarthy is doing it again. He is doing it again. It's incredible that he's pulling this off. This is those who are betting against Peloton. You're yep. betting against this man. So when you I, I, yeah, that's a mistake. When you look at that, I mean, we've obviously last couple of days, NetApp, PayPal, Splunk, HubSpot, Workday. Impossible Foods. I mean, a lot of layoffs. But do you yeah. think uh, companies have been surgical and are nearing the end of that? Uh, no, term? I mean, I've got the Morgan Stanley's got a layoff watch, and I think that most of them are are just not deep enough. You, they're just not. And you can add Upstart today, twenty percent, Splunk four percent. David, these companies, if business doesn't pick up, a lot of these companies are going to have to do a second layoff. Yeah, they're going to have to do another round. What do you think of that? Uh, I think it's certainly possible that that will happen. In fact, I think a lot of people expect it will. Uh, listen, Snap what? is not going to grow this year at all. Well, that's what I get. Zero. That's I'm my looking point. at a Jeffrey's note here. We assume zero percent growth. It's not a growth stock. Uh, no, it would not be a growth stock. It zero reminds me, means it reminds me of Teldar. No right. growth. It's like Teldar. Uncoded free sheet paper. Well, speaking of which, we'll talk about international paper, for example, yesterday. Wow. And no one cares. Uh, Six-month high. Some of these industrial names, Jim, are, well, are what no, I love. They're belying the Dover, idea we're not going to grow. Dover's so good. Yeah. These companies, they fired so many people. You had a little bit of up, and the, they inflect. It, it, it's remarkable. Yeah. After the break, as we said earlier, do not miss uh, AMD. Uh, Lisa Sue will be with us. Stock rising after beating on earnings and revenue. We'll talk about their guidance on Q1 revenue. And we'll get to Timo and Mondelez and Match and Otis and... Western Dig, some Tesla news as well. Don't go anywhere. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. AMD shares are actually higher if reporting a quarter that was much better than expected. Joining us now to discuss how AMD did is Lisa Sue. 
Lisa, first I want to congratulate you and also point out right from the top, two women at the top. A woman CEO and a woman CFO, and I hope you represent the future. And I think that that's just a great thing that you're doing. Well, good morning, Jim. It's great to be here with you guys, um, as always. So let's go to uh, what really happened here, which to me looks like that the Xilinx acquisition, which I had questioned at a time because I wasn't sure you spent a lot of money, really came through and drove a lot more upside than people realized. Yeah, it was a um, a strong year for us as uh, we finished up 2022, uh, Jim. You know, if you think about it, there were a lot of uh, moving pieces in the year, uh, but we had a very strong fourth quarter with um, our data center and our embedded business uh, growing. And um, what we saw is, as you said, the Xilinx acquisition has really just helped us transform AMD. So, you know, part of this was ensuring that you know, with our broad product portfolio and our markets that we serve, um, that we do have um, a lot of diversity in our business. So we saw records in healthcare, industrial, automotive, uh, communications, aerospace and defense, um, as well, you know, a very, very strong um, you know, data center uh, cloud quarter for us. So um, that was um, how we finished up the year, um, up more than 40 percent um, for the quarter. OK, so let's talk the future uh, data center, 30 percent. I was very excited about it until you dropped the bomb, which said that the cloud companies are, are maybe a little bit too thick with inventory. At the same time, you tried to call bottom in the first quarter for uh, PCs, but my problem is the PC margins, as you know, are not great, and the data center margins are terrific. So, should I be worried about the next two quarters, Lisa? Well, you know, Jim, I'd like to take a step back and just look at, um, you know, sort of all of 2023. When we look at, you know, all of 2023, what we see is first, uh, you know, compute is a secular growth driver um, over the the medium term, um, and what we've seen is that our product portfolio is just very strong. Uh, we've had um, consistent execution um, with our uh, data center roadmap. So, um, you know, we've talked on this show before about um, our third generation Epic Milan. We just launched our fourth generation Epic with Genoa. Um, you know, extremely um, strong uh, performance, uh, total cost of ownership for data center providers. And so, yes, on the overall, we believe that, you know, data center and embedded will grow for us in 2023. Now, there are some you know, near-term adjustments in inventory for some of the largest uh, cloud manufacturers, which, by the way, you should expect given you know, just how strong 2022 was in terms of a demand environment. So you know, we do expect um, some near-term inventory adjustments over the first half of the year, uh, but we've made progress in PCs. So I know that there's been a lot of um, you know, questions about PCs. Uh, we do believe that the first quarter is the bottom for PCs, and we believe very much in our product portfolio and the strategy that, um, that we put together. Together. So, you know, that's that's what we're seeing as we go forward. All right. Let's go back to data center, which, again, you did say that a couple of cloud customers might have too much inventory. But I saw uh, your uh, your data center revenues up 42 percent year over year to one point seven billion. I know you don't like to talk about competitors and you have always told me not to talk about competitors. Lisa, Intel declined 33 percent year over year. But that's a competitor, and you can just say other competitors haven't done as well. This is a monumental delta for you. And I think at least, I'm not asking you to take a bow, but just tell me just how are you able to take share like this in an atmosphere where a lot of companies aren't able to really leapfrog over other companies? 
I, I think, Jim, this is all about product execution. I mean, you know, what we see with the largest data center providers, first of all, it's a fantastic, you know, long-term market. Um, you know, this is our big bet that we've made over the last five years. And we've been just uh, very clear that, you know, we're going to consistently execute and every generation is going to get better in terms of performance, capability. Um, one of the big things right now, um, Jim, as you can imagine, is overall sustainability and the fact that, um, you know, we want to make sure that as we build these large data centers, that we do it um, in a way that's uh, very sustainable and very energy efficient. And that's what we've been focused on. So um, I'm proud of our execution. Now there's a lot more to do. And, you know, as we look forward to 2023, we have lots of products that are coming out. We announced a number of products um, earlier this year. And, you know, I view this as, you know, we just need to control uh, the things that we do control, which is our own execution and, and really deep partnerships with, um, you know, some of the, the largest cloud customers in the world. Uh, uh, but of course, of the things you can't control, uh, Lisa, you talked about a, a better second half of the year when it comes to a cloud inventory. Are there things in the macro that need to go right to make that happen? Well, uh, Carl, certainly we're always watching the macro environment and, you know, there are lots of puts and takes um, as you uh, as you look through, um, you know, what may happen as we go through the year. I think from what we see, though, what we see is there are um, you know, more workloads, there are more um, capabilities that um, AMD will be able to address as we go forward in the data center um, and in the cloud. And so uh, we, we view that as, um, you know, positive for us. And sure, we'll be affected, um, you know, a bit by the macro like everyone else will. Um, but we think that even in this environment, uh, you know, we see a strong path to, you know, continue to grow share and grow our partnerships, um, you know, with the, uh, with our customers. Uh, Lisa, then, but to those who would say, given what you've just uh, told us in terms of the macro environment and say, listen, following multiple years of very strong double digit uh, top line growth, you're going to be hard pressed to grow top line in 2023. What do you say? Well, uh, David, what I would say is we have um, a lot of positives in terms of the product portfolio. Uh, we believe that um, you know, that's been the key for uh, our business and our growth has been the strength of our product portfolio and our ability to gain share. We are a, a very diversified company now, so uh, we very much like our data center exposure as well as our broad embedded exposure uh, that came from the Xilinx acquisition. And you know, we're watching the macro, especially as it re re uh, relates to you know PCs and gaming, which perhaps are you know a bit more dependent on um, how the macro plays out um, over the year but I think you know overall we like the position that we're in and you know we're very focused on um, execution as we go through the year okay so let's talk about embedded more because I think it's such a highlight and the growth is rather extraordinary from when Xilinx is running the company uh, you're now into defense into aerospace industrial auto how are these markets doing versus say how we think the cyclical environment is in our country well, I, I would tell you, Jim, that um, the um, the overall embedded markets for us, as you mentioned, aerospace and defense, industrial, healthcare, um, automotive, communications, you know, we have over 6,000 plus customers that we've brought in with the Xilinx acquisition. It's a very diversified portfolio. What we see is for each of these markets, they actually need more content. So they're using, you know, more um, capability, more computing capability. And, you know, we're leading the industry uh, with um, our adaptive computing capability. So I really like what we have there. Um, I would also say that, um, you know, we have um, good visibility in terms of backlogs for, um, you know, these markets. They tend to be 
you know, much less uh, cyclical, I would say, than um, some of the um, the other, like the PC markets and so on and so forth. So we feel very good about uh, the growth that we've seen there. We expect to grow as we go into the first quarter. And, um, you know, we believe that, you know, here's another place where our market, um, you know, Sam, our overall market capability is expanding and uh, we'll continue to uh, invest in this market going forward. You know, one of the things, Jim, I'll tell you, is in the fourth quarter, our data center embedded businesses were over 50% of our revenue. So it is a, a very nice mix of revenue for us. All right, one last question. Uh, elevated levels, uh, inventory cloud, I want to go back to that, uh, but better uh, in the second half. What gives you the visibility that be better in the second half? Because when I see elevated now, after I saw it in gaming, I saw it in PC, I have to be a little bit more skeptical than I was at one point. Well, the, the nice thing about this is, you know, we really partner very deeply with our customers. And as you know, these cloud customers are planning, you know, for their full year. And so, you know, we've been uh, very much uh, working with them on what, um, you know, their uh, various patterns are. And the way to think about it is um, each one is different, but at the end of the day, we need more compute um, in the industry. And we see them moving more and more of their computing capabilities in their data centers to AMD. So um, I think we feel good about our positioning and, you know, again, uh, there are uh, you know, many things that have to play out in terms of the macro, uh, but in terms of our product positioning and um, you know, where we are in terms of the design environment, uh, we feel very good about our um, overall uh, positioning. Well, Lisa, I want to thank you for coming on the show. This is a large position for my travel trust, and I think that the turn seems to be here, but I know that you're very, uh, you never uh, overpromise because you don't want to underdeliver. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Still to come this morning, Kramer's Mad Dash will count down to the opening bell. Still some data on deck later this morning, including some PMIs, ISM, Jolts is on the way, and the Fed. Don't go anywhere. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Welcome back. Let's squeeze in a mad dash before we get to the opening bell. Here is a name that uh, we have not, I don't believe, ever featured on no. the mad dash. No. And the company's name is Novo Nordisk. Symbol is NVO. No real reason to check other than the fact that that chart's about the greatest chart you've ever seen. And that's all about one drug, mostly, David. It's a drug called Wegovi. It had a 172% increase um, uh, over last year, uh, $300 million. But Wegovi, what does it do? Tell me. It gives you almost instant weight loss. 15% of your, of your weight will be lost in a very short period of time by taking this. 30% if you keep taking it. How does it compare to the Lilly drug, though? Well, that's why I'm glad you asked about the weed Because right now, Mundarno, Mundarno is not approved for weight loss. It's only approved for diabetes. But, and Novo Nordisk is constrained. They can't make enough Wegovi, which is a shot that you give yourself. But Eli, Eli Lilly is spending a fortune building manufacturing capacity, and they will have it for Mujarno. So the read through here is that Lilly 
has, as I've said before, the greatest selling uh, drug of all time. Potentially. Potentially. David. By the way, Nova Nordis is an enormous company. Just no, for no, the, it is it's enormous. A no, they can't market. make enough Wegovy. Yeah. Can you imagine if they can't make enough Wegovy? What will happen to Giorno? Remember that it's not a mountain in Africa. Understood. It's the best, potential best selling drug of, of all time. time. Really, now that Umira is off patent. Get the opening bell here in the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big boy Genpak, a professional services firm, and at the NASDAQ, the American Heart Association. Jim, a lot of movers we've not gotten to uh, so far this morning. We kind of did snap an AMD, but I imagine you're also watching uh, Western Digit. The guidance there, man, uh, absolutely crazy. Looking for a loss that's, I don't know, four or five times the estimate? No, there's one where... You would expect the stock to be down big, and it was down three points uh, last night. It's actually up. Now, why is it up, other than the fact that maybe it shouldn't be? Why is it up is because they, maybe we have a bottom in Flash. Uh, Flash is uh, immediately applicable to Micron, and Micron is up. Now, last night when I saw Western Digital, I saw that they said Flash is bad. I said, how much will Micron be down? But we're in an era of, of good feeling here. And even though Micron, so, most is DRAM, but the rest is Flash, people don't care. They think that there's trough. Just like when you heard Lisa Sue, the takeaway is trough. Now, this Lisa from AMD. Is there real trough? When you have trough, it's so fabulous, you have to jump, you have to gun jump it. And that's what's happened. People are gun jumping. They're looking at Western Digital, aghast at how horrible it could be, and then drawing the conclusion, it can't get any worse. And I, look, I've been there before in these cycles. It arguably might not be able to get any worse. I mean, what happens when you do that number that bad is you stop making them. Then the inventory gets corrected, and then you live to play again. Is that what's happening after yes, Samsung exactly happening. and Micron yes, and because, Intel? Like, if, you told, if you worked at Micron, you'd be saying, will Samsung please stop it? They're not making any money. They keep trying to ruin the market. When you see these kinds of things, what happens is you say, you know what? Like Lisa Sue said about PCs, yeah, we're going to we're working through the inventory, and when you're done, it will be there, and that's the inflection, and you buy, and you buy right now. Now, obviously, uh, we were asked a question about economic sensitivity. Uh, these are giant cycles, and when the cycles turn, it really doesn't matter what's happened to the S&P. It doesn't even matter what's happened to the Fed. So people are saying, listen, it can't get worse, and I say that that could be true. It's really hard to be worse. I don't even know how you can be worse. We've been saying it for so long. I mean, David, when you're making nothing, can it be worse when you're, I don't know, making nothing? I don't know. When you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. When you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. Thank you, Bob Dylan. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Can I just uh, talk to something that a lot of people felt that there was nothing, nothing to lose? Do you remember when people told us that Peloton was just something you hung a jog bra on? Mm. Well, it looks like it's more than that, David. Really? Yeah, because you see, it's no longer a hardware company. It's a software company. It's a software as a service company. Just, and the numbers are rather staggering. So it's a big build up to your interview with Barry McCarthy uh, next uh, 100% next, hype. Next, inter- next hour. 100% I hype. Say. There he is, Barry McCarthy's CEO, former CFO of uh, Spotify. I've, I've, I've been scared of Barry and for Netflix. maybe a dozen years. Yeah, well, uh, look forward you know to why? seeing that. Because Barry does what's necessary. Some guys won't. Belichick has, Barry has, per, uh, Parcells did. Musk does. I mean, Musk does. Yes, yeah. that's good. I mean, Musk he's, cut, he's think, cut a way more jobs at Twitter than Barry has a Peloton. You know who doesn't fear Musk besides Brett Taylor? 
former former chairman of Twitter, Mary Barra. No. She's not worried. You know why? Because the demand for the crab walk Hummer and the demand for the electric Silverado so off the charts. She's not sweating G- the GM must, shares right? up nicely yesterday, following through today with a bit of a of an increase up a half a percent. E- even but as Jonas raises this was a great spike. note out of Jonas. Um, the capex numbers at GM far higher than we anticipated. Difficult to say how much of this is related to a more positive macro, but 11 billion to 13 billion is a major step up. And you you spoke. To Mary Barra last night. Take a listen. I'm excited for 23. I know there's challenges and we don't exactly know what the macro is going to be, but I think we're well positioned. And, you know, just to make sure we're going to be uh, able to deliver on everything, we put in a $2 billion cost uh, program to take structural cost out. And that's net, by the way, um, between this year and next. So uh, this is a, a year that I think we can really demonstrate what GM can deliver from a profitable growth perspective. Well, we can inject Jonas into the debate because he's injectable, not unlike Wagovi. Uh, he's saying that they're going to earn 490. GM is saying they're going to earn six to seven. Uh, there's quite a disparity there. What I think is really interesting was they are the leader in uh, autonomous. They hired this guy, Kyle Vogt. I, I questioned whether I could go to, right now in Phoenix, they're being used. I really question. Th- you really think they're the leader in autonomy? Absolutely. Elon Musk would take issue with that. Well, that's say we have way more road so miles would, than anybody. So would Google for by that. far. Yeah, Waymo would also yeah, Waymo. Uh, saying that they oh, have. Waymo, yeah, they're very clear. They're very clear. That the data that Tesla has is so far and above anything anyone has in terms of miles driven. That what are you talking about? I'm talking about leadership. That's what I'm talking about. And I suggested that when I get to Phoenix, that I can hail a Waymo. Uh, Mary Barr said, that, and I challenged her to come with me and hail. Said Kyle Vogt may be there, who is the the genius behind their timeless people. I think you're prejudiced. I think you're looking at the old GM, not the one that built the tanks in one World War II or the planes, but you're looking at the GM and just saying, you know what, the business of America is is Tesla, and Tesla is America's business. I'm saying that they've hired the right people. They have. They are in the mix. Yes, Waymo is doing something great, and they're all over San Francisco. Waymo will be as opaque as everything else with the alphabet, and you'll have to trust them. You know how alphabet does it? We're great. You're not. And That's my theme. Clearly, after companies. reading that complaint from the DOJ, you do not trust alphabet anymore. Not one bit. Uh, okay. Just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've no, been true. hearing that. Look, I, I read um, it. I read that. You know, remember, Alphabet, I've got to get more of their side. When I went to them for the first two times, they told me, what do you, you know, basically just said, look, we're, we're, there's another one. We're great. You're not. I mean, you know, they did this twice. They did it once before. Now they're doing it again. No recognition that the whole market has changed since they did this. Now I'll speak to them again. I'll speak to them again and again. You'll keep giving them a chance to make their case. I, David. And they're going to have years to do so. I am going to remain open minded this whole, the whole panoply, um, open-minded. Guys, uh, wanted to mention another mover this morning, which okay. is Electronic Arts. We haven't hit it at all. Um, EA, a couple of different things you're here. You're such a um, Thank you. Uh, delays of a key game. That may be one of the, one of the, the main reasons here. Um, we're talking uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's been pushed out from March 17th to April 28th company attributing the delay to giving the title a few additional weeks for final polish, but that is concerning some. Uh, and then overall, just bookings, uh, just the business itself did not uh, come in where uh, they'd expected. Uh, fiscal year 23 bookings guidance and fiscal year 24 growth expectations, notably below uh, expectations. 
Uh, you know, they did see some strength in certain franchises. Uh, FIFA looked uh, okay, uh, but more than offset by weakness in Apex and mobile titles. And you see what's happening there. Having a bit of an impact as well on Activision, you'd ask why? Well, just downside, right? If the yeah. deal were to break with Microsoft, what is Activision worth? Hence, maybe you increase a bit your expectation on the downside for Activision. It's down a half a percent. No updates for anybody there. Uh, we may get a leaked copy of the statement of objections from the EU. That could be informative in some way. That should be soon. But really, as I've said many times, the key here is still waiting for the UK antitrust regulator, the CMA, to make its, uh, its case known. That's the key. No real yeah. transparency there. Could be, let's call it, within the next couple of weeks. That's kind of our window. We'll see. But uh, EA numbers, not good. You know, I'm so glad you brought this up. We didn't get to ask Lisa Sue from AMD a question about gaming, which is 26% of her business still. Yeah. It was down 7%, which means optimistic. David, I'm growing more pessimistic by the, ga- by the day with gaming. Why? Well, I'm looking at Take-Two, which is a very well-run company. They're not doing that well in stock. Uh, they, they went into handheld. It, it turned out that they went into a little more advertising-oriented, mm-hmm. but they do have great franchises. I'm, I'm David, I'm questioning whether when I look at American Express's numbers and the go-out, particularly of this cohort that, that was gaming, and how much they're spending on restaurants. We've got great data from oh. from Steve Squirry. I have to say to myself that they ain't playing the games. They're going out and they're having cocktails. Take a look at uh, Brinker today. Uh, that's a nine-month high on Eat, uh, almost to ninety or to forty-one dollars. The Magianos yeah. uh, comps twenty-one and a half. We got to talk to them. Twenty-one and a half. Well, comp. why did I have them on tonight? Because I couldn't believe it. I mean, when I went to Magiano, it was empty. <laughs> but that was admittedly. Another lifetime ago. Oh, was yeah. Okay. But look at that. Uh, look chi- at that number. Chili's up eight. Uh, Chili's pr- is good. They have good fries. Yep. Pretty amazing. Uh, meantime, Macau ribs. Macau revenue up eighty-two oh. in January. Las Vegas Sands a year and a half high. People are going. You know, it's still. Uh, uh, David, I try to say this to you, but your level of cynicism always shocks me. People are glad to be alive, and they want to. Tr- they want to see the world before they perish. They want to do things. That's a that's good advice. Life's good too advice short. Coming life from a man who life too short. Who wears a tie more or less every waking moment. Oh, I didn't say I'm basically part of this works role. 18 hours a day. That's great advice. Thanks. You know, I'm going to Miami as part of my college tour, and I'm I have a Saturday of off, so I'm wearing Zania instead of Brion. Are you, um, are you recruiting or what's uh, just a reunion? Yep. <laughs> University of Miami. Aren't you going to be at the? Uni- where are We're you going? going back. The University of Miami. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out whether I should wear Brioni or, or Zeno in college. You know, a lot of people wearing their swimsuits. Me, they got the Speedo. Me, I got the 180 cam thread. Nice. Doesn't well, I think that's way preferable to seeing you in a Speedo. You see this, David? Remember what I said about this versus your entire wardrobe? Yes, it's worth more money than my entire wardrobe. No, this one's actually just worth your wardrobe. Oh, okay. just yeah, thank you for that. Damn. Uh, we mentioned the industrials yesterday, uh, the international papers, the Dovers, the Caterpillars. Today, Otis, uh, backlog up 11. Uh, they guide in line, which these days, Jim, is you'll take it. Look, I, I can't wait to talk to Judy Marks, who is amazing and has done a fabulous job. Is so non-promotional at Otis. But, you know, when you look at organic sales up 2.5%, services up 6 I have to go back to David, because you know, he's always quizzical. See, David... Service is up six. Yes. Once you get an elevator, 
You know what you have to do? Service it. Yes. Yes. Because safety never takes a vacation. Um, but China's such an important an important part you of their market. They got service in there too. Yeah. You know they service. They didn't give people a. They, do they drugs, service them in the half-built buildings? Cynical. All those poor people end. put down payments. Not even down payments. Cynical paid for all of the them. End. And they're just sitting there waiting for their apartments to get built. We got uh, PMIs on the other side of this break. Meantime, as we await the Fed this afternoon, uh, yields down across the curve. Uh, you got the two-year back below 419. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santella here, live at CME HQ with the first of a litany of breaking news today. S&P Global Manufacturing PMI, January final, which means 46.8 mid-month read gets tossed. It gets replaced with one-tenth better, 46.9, 46.9. And that is actually the best read going back to, well, November when it was 47.7 and in between there December at 46.2 is the weakest since May of 2020. So we aren't exactly bouncing very much. We haven't been above 50 since October. So there's the news. And of course, we have more ISMs to come. We had ADP at 106,000. That was the weakest in two years. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. It seems like advertising demand hasn't really improved, but it hasn't gotten significantly worse either. I mean, obviously, the brand spend is significantly reduced, uh, like we saw in the quarter. But our direct response business you know, continued to grow in Q4. And in general, it seems like our partners are just managing their spend very cautiously so that they can react quickly to any changes uh, you know, in, in the environment. Evan Spiegel on the call last night talking about Snap and the ad market. And we know that digital ads are something you can do on the flip of a switch. Yeah, I think that Look, I, I can't be sanguine. Advertising is the first thing companies cut back when things get tough. And I don't think they cut back and therefore shift. This is what I thought that I was wrong. I felt that uh, last time Snap reported and it was bad. And remember, it had very little impact, as I said, from Meta stock and on Google. Uh, what I thought was the problem with Snap and it turned out to be the problem was industry-wide. And I don't think things have gotten better. Uh, along those lines. I just don't think, I think advertising is being cut back everywhere, including on the web. You don't respond. You rarely like to go into earnings prints with the stock hot. Right. But Meta's gone from 88 to 150. Well, I think Meta is an example of the one person who really runs a company who was, I think, chosen behind the scenes to spend a little less time on the metaverse and more on the near term. Uh, The the firings there were... uh, the second most uh, after uh, Barry McCarthy from Peloton. And very. You mean percentage wise? Percentage wise. Yeah. Very serious cutback. Remember what was wrong with that in the last quarter was they were spending a fortune and they didn't get the payoff. So if you spend much less, you have, you have spending Although discipline. They're, and he, he their moves their capex numbers, though, are still incredible for this year. True. True. But uh, it's up a lot because I think it shouldn't have been down as much. And, you know, there's still, there's still reverence uh, about what Mark Zuckerberg can do. And if he spends all his time in Metaverse and there's no payoff, then the story's bad. They have a real CFO. They have some discipline. And I think that the discipline is going to be uh, on display. They also, you know, Instagram can't be as bad because people go out and they're doing things. But I just hope Instagram is a little better and they can figure out a way to have more people post during the day. Right now, they used to choose check seven times a day. Now they check like twice a day. That's what he's got to be worried about. I, look, I respect him. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a big, big, big news event tonight when yes, we get those earnings. Yes. 
Uh, meantime, uh, not quite to yesterday's highs, but not far away. Let's get to Bob Fasani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, the low print was uh, two or three minutes after the open, and we're about to go positive on the S&P, down only 3%. That's because generally tech's helping out today, uh, particularly semiconductors. AMD is a big, big help for uh, the semiconductor subsector. Uh, that's up. Arcs up. We saw Kathy Wood this morning on our air. Consumer staples have been strong. Altria is up 3% early on. Banks are on the flat side. Just want to show you a big tech here. AMD, a real help, of course, not only taking market share from Intel, but the, not great revenue guidance, but wasn't terrible. Those are the two big movers there. You see NVIDIA helping a lot. Apple's uh, down a little bit. It's been in a slight downtrend uh, this week. Uh, as for where we are, uh, February was Excuse me, January was great, up 6%. So as goes January, so goes the year. Good psychological boost to the market. Uh, but what, the important thing is we are seeing real big moves up in some subsectors. High beta up 16%. That's stuff that moves more than the overall market. Put that back up. I just want to point something out here. That's NVIDIA, AMD, Meta, Netflix. Those are those high beta stocks. If you go back there, small caps up 12%. Value and growth also up the same amount. That is a broad market advance, folks. That's the definition here. Everything is in an uptrend in these subsectors, and that's why more advancing stocks than declining stocks every day. Now put up that monthly return thing. So remember, January was great, up 6%. February tends to be a flattish to slightly down month. It is sort of the weak link in the next four months. So February tends to be flat to down a little bit, March and April tend to be up about 1% each. So th this is a slightly seasonal week period here uh, in the month of February. As for Jay Powell and today, well, what can he say? What can he say that he hasn't said uh, before? The Fed says we're going to keep rates, raising rates, and we're going to keep them higher for longer. The market says they've got two more rate hikes of 25 basis points, and they're going to have a lower rates by the end of 2023. Instead of 5%, it'll be about 4.5%. So who's right? Who knows? But Everyone down here is debating what he can say that he hasn't said before. Maybe it's just that he is right, that he is going to win, and he has been winning, and they'll just stop, and they'll just stand on their ground in the middle of the year. That seems to be the likely scenario. Finally, one more important thing. Big, big company getting into the ETF business today. Morgan Stanley has the last big company not in the ETF business, not anymore. Today, they're opening the Calvert, which they own. Uh, ETFs, including the uh, Select ETF, Equity ETF, which is a broad ETF, uh, and some ESG-type funds as well. I'll be talking to the head of Morgan Stanley's ETF business at the ETF conference in Miami Beach starting on Monday. We'll have all the big stars of the ETF business. Guys, back to you. Bob, thanks so much, uh, Bob Bassani. Let's get to Jim and stop trading this morning. Okay, look, we didn't get to talk now about modelies. Once again, just a fantastic quarter. Dirk Vermeer just continues to put up great numbers. What I like best is this page uh, in his deck where he talks about the significant progress in portfolio transformation. He's getting rid of gum, which is really a passe category. Moves into Cliff Bars, which are great. Who, H-U, who, which is fantastic. Tate's uh, annual revenue, $2.8 billion, uh, high single digit. This man is doing so many things right. And it also shows you how broad this uh, market, bull market is because you've got things like Mondelez up and you also have got Otis up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have Westrock down. I'm sorry, just in terms of paper. Well, we mentioned the Magianos comps, but uh, North America at Mondelez up 19.5. That'll are, get your attention. These are organic. just amazing numbers. And people are going out. They're having fun. They're eating stuff that's... Tastes good. I mean, this is a, David, this is the gilded age. I mean, a lot of Malmars. I mean, yeah. can't stop. It's a seasonal yeah. item. You've got to get it while you can. Yeah. Right? It's like you can one, two, four, seven. I'd say six, seven at a, so you, at a As always, you complete Even though they keep thinking. getting smaller and smaller. You complete my thinking. And also, 
the tates get smaller. And Don't forget the airs. That actually helps margins. Shrinking oh, the size of the cookie to, very real. to like little bite size. Well, that's true. That does help yeah. margins. And by the way, you go to a dollar store, that stuff is not as big. By the way, you go to a dollar store, like my dollar gen, mm. these are like four, five, six, seven dollars. They're like a dollar. Other than up front, when you, you don't get the Smarties, Smarties are a dollar. There's nothing a dollar anymore, yeah. Nothing for a dollar. Yeah. Listen to him. Nothing. Pisani mentioned Miami. You're you're going to be going. Yeah, to going to my. You're going to do the 90, show for, uh, the with us store. tomorrow morning, though. Still, or would I ever be without you? No, you would. You would. My day's not complete without you. I that's I'm the only one who's going for Saturday and Sunday shows. Because you know, I wear my suit. I might as well just glide right in. You uh, glide right into that weekend. What about tonight, though? Well, tonight I mean Otis. I've got I've got uh, you know Thermo Fisher, which you got TMO tonight. Well, the greatest yeah. performing stocks of okay. the last 10 yes. years. And then. And you got eat. I have eat. How can you not have eat? You know, Brinker doesn't do TV. You got a great line. Brinker does TV because I like chilies. Imagine I had a gift certificate once. Wow. Houston. Like I was an Olive Garden guy. I don't know. Olive Garden's really good for vegetarian. I'm going vegetarian. When you're there, your family. You bet you are. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, as, uh, as Jim said, two big interviews still ahead on Squawk on the Street. Don't miss T-Mobile's Mike Sievert and Peloton's Barry McCarthy as we are off the opening lows. 4073. Stay with us. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.